0: Anyways, welcome to Center Point Church. My name's Aaron. I'm the pastor here. You're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Uh, we're, our goal here is to do what any good Christian church should do, which is to help you connect with God in a worshipful way and then help you grow in your relationship with Him. Uh, our style just may be different than some of the other churches maybe you're used to, but we're still true to the Bible and we take God very seriously here. This Sunday, we're continuing our series that we've been calling Words of Wisdom. It's this four-week series or four-week study of Proverbs uh, or the wisdom book of the Bible. And our intention of this is for us all to become wiser. And we're making each Sunday here of this series look a little different than maybe a normal Sunday here at Centerpoint. If you hate this, Sorry, but what we're doing is we're actually, uh, during the message time, we're having two completely separate messages done either by myself or we have a guest speaker that comes up each week. Uh, So we have a guest speaker this week, but each message is about 10 minutes long, along with an intro, an intermission, and then a wrap up at the end. So again, sorry if you're not into this. We only have one more week of this, uh, and then we'll get back to kind of our normal routine. But as I said, these last two weeks, uh, having 10ish or two 10ish minute sermons, that's shorter than a normal sermon here. You're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, But to give you a little introduction before our first guest speaker comes up, uh, give you an introduction on Proverbs. What Proverbs is, is it's a book in the Bible that is part of the Old Testament or the section of the Bible before Jesus' time. It is seen as wisdom literature, mostly written by this king named Solomon. Proverbs is some of the first wisdom that we can read about on how people lived with written scripture alongside them. Most Old Testament people, right, they, they were making the, the Bible at that time. Uh, they were living it out. So here at this time, we see that they have direction from scripture, from God, and then we can also look to this to gain our own wisdom and direction from God and learn how to be wise through things. I don't know about you, but I need that. I need that. I many times know sort of what like, God wants in my life, yet I don't do it all the time, especially with tough stuff, right? Well Proverbs gives us advice on how to make sure we follow through even in the tough stuff, which I know I need. Proverbs is direction and guidance on work you should do now, ahead of time, for an outcome that will later be God-honoring in the future. Or in other words, it's guidance in what you should be doing right now or not be doing right now so that you'll be happy with your decision later on. To put it in easy Fond du Lac terms, I've been giving like Fond du Lac proverbs each week. Uh, a Fond du Lac proverb today would be, Fond du Lac has a lot of supper clubs, right? Has anybody been to a Fond du Lac supper club? Yeah, alright, so some people out there, TJ's, Blanks, Cedar Lodge, where else? sunset. All right, so there's other ones out there. Y'all are like with me. I'm not a crazy person up here, but a proverb would be maybe if you're going to one of these on a Friday or Saturday night and you're gonna be going hungry, make a reservation. Make a reservation, right? You'll eat within the hour instead of in three hours and your belly will later be satisfied. That's a, pro- that's a Fond du like proverb, I think 103 for this week, but for real, Proverbs is wisdom to help you get done what needs to be done now to later be happy with this God-honoring and fulfilling life that you're going to be happy with later. So that's what we're studying this month. We're gaining insight and wisdom to help us prepare for the life God intends. Each Sunday, you're going to get two Proverbs, uh, but I also want to encourage you to read Proverbs this month as there's so many great ones that we can't cover uh, throughout these Sundays. So with that said, I'm going to bring our first guest speaker up, and since it's Father's Day, I had to invite none other than my father himself, so Tim DeMaster uh, will be taking us through our first 10-minute message.
1: Good morning. Yeah, I'm his dad. How about that? So, uh, first off, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Some of you guys will probably be getting some cool Father's Day gifts. Maybe you're getting a burger today. Maybe you're getting a t shirt. Maybe you're getting a necktie. I get to speak in church. How about that, huh? So, quite the deal. Um, anyways, but I'm really excited about this, and um, hopefully, there's a couple of Bucks fans out there. I got my Bucks shirt on today, so at least a couple of people like stressed it out like I did last night watching that thing. I'm exhausted. So, um,. Anyways, uh, I was chuckling a bit. I love Proverbs. So when Aaron was doing Proverbs, I really, really liked that book of the Bible. Um, And it kind of drove me to read it again. And one of the first things I noticed when he was saying, like, okay, find a passage that you'd like to talk about in there, um, was I read a lot of things like this. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. My son, do not forget my teaching. Son, heed my commands. Guess what? Listen to your father. How about that? That's, what I, that's kind of what I gained from when I read it, um, even if you're a pastor. You listen to your father. So um, I could end probably right there, and that'd be the end of Proverbs for today, but I do have some other things to talk about, and I'm excited to share them with you. The proverb that I chose is Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, you know what you're saying when you read that, probably you're like, oh, great, Tim, you're coming here on Father's Day, you're going to talk about money. Um, the reality is discussing money and how God wants, what's he, what he wants you to do with it is kind of in my DNA. Uh, most of you probably don't know me, but I've been in banking for 25-plus years. So I talk to people about money every single day. And I'm very aware of the struggles people have with money, etc. And this isn't about giving to church or things like that. This is about what God wants you to do with your money and how he wants you to handle your resources. So that's kind of what I want to share with you today. So when I read that verse, the first thing I see is I see the word first fruits. And what that means to me is that means that God doesn't want your leftovers. And the way I always look at that is I, I say, okay, if I'm going to the taco truck, because for some reason I'm thinking Mexican this morning, I don't know why, but You go to the taco truck and, you know, when I go there every time, I get three tacos because I know that's what fills me up. So I go there, I get my three tacos. Now, if somebody immediately after I take my three tacos says, can I have one of your tacos? I'm probably like, no. You know, I like three tacos. That's what fills me up. That's what I need in my stomach. However, if I've eaten two tacos already and I'm kind of full and then they're like, hey, can I have one of your tacos? I'll probably be like, yeah, that's cool. It's different. And I think that's what God's trying, trying to say here. I think that that's what the proverb is trying to say. It's trying to say that God doesn't want your leftovers. He wants you to, to bless him first. And I think that's really what I get out of this. Um, by the way, leftovers at my house are like gold. And I didn't realize this till me and my wife had a bit of a uh, disagreement recently when apparently leftovers aren't for everybody I always thought, like, oh, there's leftovers. Somebody just eat it after you come back from a supper club or something like that. Apparently not, according to my wife, because I ate her leftovers and it didn't go very well. So leave it at that. But anyways, I had a few bullet points I wanted to share with you from these verses that I think really kind of apply to what we're talking about here. The first one is God calls us to be faithful and give. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Here's the deal. Giving isn't about money. Everybody thinks it's about money. It's not. It's about being faithful and trusting God with what you have. God, God doesn't require us to give. He wants us to be cheerful givers in whatever we do, whether it's with our money, our time, you name it. And here's the thing. I can honestly tell you, like I said earlier, I've talked to, people, I've talked to hundreds of people over the year about money, and no one has ever said to me, wow, I really regret giving money. They've said they regret lots of things. They said I regret buying that sports car because I never drive it. They said, I regret putting up that massive shed, even though I could probably fill it with lots of toys. They said, I just spent money on nothing. I honestly, the biggest thing that I've encountered with people over the years is when I'm like, well, how, how did things kind of not get in a good spot for you? Usually they're like, I don't know. You know, how'd you get the big bill? What, what did you spend it on? I don't know. You know, but no one has ever said to me, boy, I really regret giving money to whatever it is. Um, And when they don't know where they spent it, it's just painful for them. The second bold point is God calls us to build some margin in our life. So there's two Proverbs I like to apply here as well. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave to the lender. Now don't get me wrong. If you guys stop borrowing money, I'm out of a job. So it's all good. Don't worry about that, okay? So that's fine. But... The thing is, there needs to be margin. I mean, anybody's had some stresses in their life regarding finances. They know that when it gets tight, it's really hard. The second one is the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp down their own. Store up some choice food. You know, it, it's difficult to be generous when you don't have any space in your financial world. And that's, I think, a really, I, I've talked to people a lot where they're like, well, it's already spent. You know, they're getting paid Friday. Well, it's already gone. Or they're getting some money. Oh, I already spent it. That, that's a tough spot to be. And I think we've all been there. Third thing, look forward, not backward. But don't forget your experiences. It's really easy to look back on our poor choices and get depressed about that. Honestly, you know, early in our marriage, um, we struggled with just kind of the balance of finances, some things, and really worked on it. And we had to kind of have some difficult conversations be like, hey, if we don't do this, we're going to struggle with this. Um, I assure you, when you involve God in your financial decisions, it is so worth it, and he will have your back. Isaiah 43:18 says, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Being stressed about money is normal. There are tons of people that do it, but it stinks. It's not fun. It's really, really stressful. Um, and honestly, uh, that doesn't just apply to just money but this whole not looking backwards thing applies to everything in our life. God washes away our sins. Why can't we? Why can't we get over the fact that we made a mistake with our money or we made a mistake in something else? We should be able to do that. Um, I always like to tell people, because lots of times they'll come to me late when they've already got a problem, and I like to say, look at the past, but don't live in the past. Now, uh, the fourth... Bullet point in the last one is don't let your financial circumstances let you miss the risk. This is a big one. Uh, life is made up of small steps and occasional giant leaps. And I, I think when you're, you don't have that margin in your life, you don't have that ability to kind of like be generous when the time comes, those are the small steps. And I think when we can't do the small steps and we can't jump into those, we're going to totally miss out on the giant leaps. Because I think God will just come to us with giant leaps He's like, well, i got to see if they can do the small steps first, then the giants leap, giant leaps come. I know I don't want to miss out on the giant leaps because I've had them in my life and they're amazing. And I know that God doesn't want you to miss out on the giant leaps either. Uh, lastly, I mentioned earlier a proverb I, I, I want to uh, use to reinforce this. This is one of my favorite proverbs. Um, I, I have it like posted in a couple spots. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows through it. Now this proverb can definitely be tied to not just money, but also lots of other things in your life, whether it's relationships, et cetera. But I know that giving and generosity is about your heart. It's not about your wallet, it really isn't. It's about what you, what you feel in your heart. Um, you, you may have heard people say in the past that you wanna know where somebody's passion is, or do you wanna know where they're really into, look at their wallet or look at their checkbook. That is reality. That is reality. You can see exactly what they're into by what they spend money on. It's true. Um, Lastly, the last thing I'm going to tell you, and then we'll say a prayer, is that we know as Christians, we know that, I know know that Jesus wins in the end. And some of you may be gambling people, some of you may not, and it doesn't matter. But I'll say this. When you know who's going to win... No one ever bet too much money on a winning horse. And that's how I feel about when I give money and I'm, gen- gen- I'm generous with what God's doing. Make the investment. It's totally worth it. Trust me. Would you say, pray with me? Father, thank you so much for everybody here. Uh, Lord, I ask that you would help us uh, be wise with our resources, and, and I ask that you just would allow us to find margin in our life at times and to do the things that you want us to and to get our heart right. Lord, We want to do the right thing all the time, and we know that you will bless us in that process. Lord, please watch over us today, and thank you for all the fathers. Amen.
0: Thanks. All right, so like any weird service, you kind of have to have an intermission between two different messages, right? So we're going to have a one-minute intermission, and for intermissions, We do things a little quirky here once in a while, bear with us, this is like a unique series, but we're doing something that involves free stuff. All right, so there's some free stuff that's happening. You maybe got a ball on your way in, all right. And like a good old intermission where you have to toss your ball to try and get to the grocery cart, right? Now you need to remember your number and give it a shot. And what you're playing for is a Starbucks gift card. So again, all of my little intermissions have encouraged front row sitting, right? <laughs> I'm encouraging that. We need some space up here. Um, so I'll give you a, a countdown and you can toss your ball. See if you can get in here. And if no one makes it in, I'll pick one that's the closest. Also, watch out for the pastor. That, that would be nice too. All right, five, four, three, two, one, give it a toss. Oh, oh, so close. So, oh. Whoa, all right. I'm a little nervous to head back over. They're still coming, (laughs) they're still coming. How many balls did you guys get on your way in? (laughs) Alright, so our winner is number 88. So at the end of the service on your way out, I got a, a Starbucks gift card for you. All right, fun's over, changing the mood a little bit. Thanks for playing along with us in kind of our quirky intermission time. All right, now we're gonna go into our second message. And as we dive into our second words of wisdom for today from Proverbs, I'm gonna start with a question. The question is, have you ever been in a spot where you thought you just knew? Like, you just know anything with mayonnaise is nasty hypothetically speaking, of course. Or that the way you do it with the toilet paper, the the flap on top or the bottom, or how you fold your towels, or how to sort laundry. That's a fight that my wife and I have have recently of like, how do you sort laundry? Uh, Or just anything like that, where you feel like it has to be done this way. Or even times like, you know, like, Full well, where you're going when you walk into Menards, like you know where that part is gonna be for your house or, or you know the quadrant at least and it's gotta be in that space and you're not gonna ask anybody for help because you know and you'll do that until your wife asks for help, dads and fathers out there. All right, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I'm guilty of all of these, right? But to get a bit more serious, have you felt like you just know or go on passive thinking that how you do finances at home is just how it absolutely has to be, or how you handle conflict at home is what is absolutely necessary, or that the way you do parenting or the way you do marriage is exactly what it should look like, or that you just know this is what or not what a parent should do as a a kid out there, that you just know that this is what God says or what God wants. I think we've all been there, right? We felt that. Well today, we're looking at a proverb when we feel we just know or believe that we have it all figured out. The proverb says we become fools. We're looking at Proverbs twelve fifteen, and it says this. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. It's saying when you think you are absolutely right, you're starting on a foolish path where a wise person is open to advice. I don't know about you, but at first glance, I kind of love the sound of that. I kind of like it because it relieves some stress to me. To be completely honest with you, there are a lot of things in my eyes or in my decisions that I just don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't know and I, I want advice. Like I don't, I don't know if you can relate to me on these, but like sometimes I just don't know how to solve a conflict between me and another. So I ask people for advice. Uh, sometimes I don't know how to raise my child the best. So I I Google sometimes for advice. Or sometimes I don't know what is the best way to be a leader, so I brainstorm with others. Sometimes I don't know if my feelings are valid, so I ponder them for a while before I act. Sometimes I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, so I pray about it. Have you been there? Have you felt that before? And I think a lot of us would say yes to those, right? And when we think about it right now, of course we'd say, like, we'd listen to advice. Like, of course! But what about in the moment, in the heat of the moment? There are times when we're in the midst of some of the really tough stuff where we just get straight up combative in our thinking and defensive of our ways. We start dropping lines like, this is the only way, or you don't totally get my situation, or if you only knew for us, like it has to be this way, or I know I'm right, or there's no going back, or people don't understand what's going on in our situation. I know I'm guilty of saying all of these. How about you? When you or I do that, what Proverbs is saying is we're fools. We're fools. Can you relate to that? Well, there are two things we can do to make sure we do the wise route and not become fools in these situations. Uh, The first this Proverbs addresses is it says you you should have wise counsel. You should have wise counsel. Proverbs 13, 20, it says this, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Don't surround yourself with fools or people who don't know. Don't take advice from fools, right? Uh, I, I saw this video the other day on uh, Facebook and I was thinking of like all the fun that people are having this summer. And this video, is, it's kind of poking fun at dads and husbands out there. Uh, so see if you can see why there maybe is a, a foolish choice that happens. So the, the post says, the husband said, I should ride in the front. I should ride in the front. It's going to be fun up here. And you know, you're just hanging out. He's in the back, sitting. and." Something (laughs) happened. If you're listening to the husband that's in the back standing there and you're in the front, it's probably a foolish choice, right? You're listening to someone that's giving you foolish direction. Why would you listen to that person? Our original proverb it says listen to advice but this one that we just looked at is saying you would be a fool to listen to one you don't see as wise. It doesn't say just get guidance from the person who toots your own horn, uh, not just your friend who likes you or likes everything about you. In my situation, you've maybe heard the saying like preaching to the choir. I don't just listen to the, the choir I preach to or the band that kind of has to be here. Like They're not the ones that are just giving input. Don't just put yourself or listen to people that you're around that, that say the things that you want to hear. If you do those things, you're avoiding wisdom. You're avoiding their advice. So what traits should a good advisor have? What is a wise advisor? And scripture has a few things about this. If we just look at like what scripture says about people who advise a church even, like sometimes it's referred to as an elder or a leadership team. Um, scripture says people that are a part of that type of team, they should have a couple of these traits. Here, these are from scripture. They should have a respect of God. They should be faithful temperate, sober, vigilant, sober-minded, of good judgment, of good behavior, respectable, a lover of what is good, just, fair, uh, someone who's holy and devout, someone who's self-controlled. These are qualifications in Scripture of wise counsel of people that help a church become wise. Wouldn't that be a prime example of your own life, of who you should have advise your life as well? Absolutely, right? Who's a person that you can think fits that, that you're close to? Who's that wise counsel that can, has some of those traits? Honestly, if you can't think of someone right away, you need it. You need it. Get in a community group. There are some amazing people who are a part of this church that are extremely wise and can fit that role so well. So if you're desiring that or looking for that, write that on your card. Like, I would love to connect with you and give you some people from this church that have some of those exact character traits that could become your wisdom or advice to you. You need it. But once you have someone in mind who can do that, a practical step to, to this is is to tell that person that you see them as your wise counsel. Tell them you want them to speak truth into your life and not just be polite to you. It's so hard to like give people the hard truth these days, right? Like You have like your friend, you see they're kind of like doing something that you, you kind of like think is wrong and like you're wrestling with it, and like if they just kind of gave you that blessing of like, hey, call me out like if you see me doing something wrong, you, you would then do it, right? You would then like kind of feel a little bit more uh, affirmed about going and telling them something. But it's so hard to not be polite, to not come across judgment, judgmental. So make it easier on people. Give them the ability to speak life into you, to, to give them the blessing to say, hey, give me truth. So give that blessing to someone today. Who is that person that you need to give that blessing to? So that's our first one, is, is have wise counsel. And the second and last thing is, is, is humble yourself. We can see in our Proverbs, humbling yourself is important. Our verse, it says this, uh, remember if we go back to our first verse, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. If you're not humble, you're going the way of your own eyes, right? When I think of humble, I think seeing yourself as is not greater than others someone who asks questions, someone who's curious, someone who's not too proud to ask something that seems like you probably should know. We're gonna do this little game here once that I I've, I've felt like where I wasn't humble with certain things and I'm gonna see if you can relate to me on some of these. So there's this first one, there's three pictures and when someone says, like the other day, someone's like, Aaron, do you know what a whip is? whip like W H I P I'm like yeah that thing in the bottom left and then they're like no it's like an egg beater thing I'm like a whisk that thing there and I'm like no it's like and I'm like an egg beater like that's a pedal up there. So like when someone's like grab a whip, I'd be like, I'd grab that bottom left one, right? Like you like I'd be like, uh here you go and they'd be like, what? That's but I should have asked and verified, right? How about this one? Like do you know I don't know actually what this is. Do you know what a rotor is? This is for the men out there. If you're like the dads, which one's a rotor? I'd be like, I think it's somewhere in this picture over here, right? You know, like the whole wheel picture. Uh, And then I'm like, maybe it's that red thing, but it's actually the bottom left one. So I don't know if you got that one right or not. Uh, How about this next one? Which one's mascara? I still don't know. I still don't know. Uh, and then the last one, I, I think I have one more. This one, like, is the one where, like, when I was really getting into, like, doing some home projects and stuff, and people were helping me, they'd be like, "Hey, grab that skill saw." I'd be like, the one with skill on it. Like, yeah. But like, it became like a generic term, like a, a saw. Like, but like that one up there, the top left, is like a circular saw, also known as a skill saw to some people but that is also a skill saw, and there's also a brand of skill saw. So what do you mean? And like, I just pretend, like I knew. Like, <gasps> here's three saws. You know, like which one did you want again? No, that's like, that was me, and I wasn't humble in those moments, and I just showed up with those things, right? You're welcome for the the manly dads out there in the crowd that were able to label the rotor and the skills saw correctly. So you're welcome for giving you some points to your man car. But anyways, like this honestly is like something of how we should approach humility, right? And being humble. Instead of just pretending, what if instead of guessing and assuming, we humbled ourselves by asking the question? What if when we are unsure or want to be sure of something, we ask the question if what we're doing is correct. And when it comes to God and doing things for God, what if we ask the question of, to God and to our wise counsel, is what I'm doing, is that honoring? Or, or is that honoring to my values? Is that honoring to, to God? Like When it comes to a big decision, a job decision, a big purchase, a strategic plan, a a marriage decision, maybe a parenting decision, a faith health decision, sometimes being humble is just putting yourself in a position to learn, to learn from others, to find that direction of where to go. Your mindset of how you approach the situation, it makes all the difference. When you're coming at something, waiting for the person to mess up, waiting for them to give you the the wrong advice, of course you're going to leave with nothing, right? Of course you're not going to gain anything out of it. But if you come with the mindset to see what you can learn, you'll find something. You'll find something. There's this uh, couple that comes here to church, and I have them in mind because they they come here often, and I'm I'm not going to say who they are, but they come here often, and They, like, tooting my horn, like, not on purpose, but they're like, Aaron, that was amazing. That was a good sermon. I'm like, thanks, but I'm not that good. You know, like, they'll be like, Aaron, that was awesome. I felt like you were talking to me. I'm like, that was bad, actually. That was, like, not a good sermon, you know? Like, I I say it, and they're like, Aaron, that was so good. Like, that's, that's why we keep coming back. And I'm like, I'm not that good. I honestly am not that good. Thank you. What really is happening for them, though, is they're approaching direction from Scripture with a mindset of humility to gain something. Is everything they're coming and hearing from here or from, from me on stage, is that new to them? No, no. But they're coming with humility. They're approaching the message time with humility to see what they can learn and how to apply it to their own life versus waiting to find something maybe they disagree with. They have a humble heart to allow principles of Scripture to teach them. Honestly, this is something that happened during Jesus' time as well. It's something that was important in Jesus' time. Having a humble heart is the people who followed Jesus back in his time. The people who thought they knew God and everything about him were the Pharisees, were the religious leaders of that time. They were the pastors of that time who thought they knew everything. And they felt there's no way jesus this man who hangs with the scum or the sinners or the dirty people or there's no way he is god god incarnate there's no way he is god in person they thought they knew god's way to live but they disagreed with jesus's teachings and how to forgive and love others they thought they knew on how to be made right with god through their own works And they neglected Jesus' way, which was through a gift of forgiveness, of accepting that. They thought they were fulfilling what God wanted. Instead, they ultimately were the ones who pushed God away and even Jesus to death. They even knew this particular proverb. They've heard it, but still they didn't listen. So for you, will you listen to this proverb? Will you be humble? Will you ask questions when you don't know? Will you not be too proud to say you don't know or you're confused or need help or don't get it or are struggling? All those things are totally okay. But will you have a humble heart to learn from God and to learn from Scripture? We're always practical here at CenterPoint. So I want to give you some practical application on, on what you can leave with on how to do this well. For you to be more humble, Maybe, maybe that's just evaluating your stance on how you think or on what, the, what you know. It's evaluating on, do I, am I coming at something like thinking I know everything? Do you think you know everything already? Is that your mindset? If so, that's got to change as this proverb. Maybe, maybe for you, you just need to start purely asking more questions, being curious. Like asking the question of, God I don't totally get why you mean this, why you're saying this, help me understand this, praying that, asking otherwise counsel about that. Maybe for you, it's just showing up and, and knowing, like, I just have, a, have to have a humble heart to learn something from this. Or maybe for you, it's changing your mindset to try and learn. What is it for you? Scripture, Jesus' is teaching and a humble heart that listens to those subtle whispers from God In the world are what's pushing us to do or not do certain things have been providing answers to things that we don't know for so long will you give God a chance to do that for you will you humble yourself and say God I've been a fool at times I have thought I knew I thought my way was right but I've been wrong before I need your wisdom I need your forgiveness for the times I've chosen wrong against you and ask Him for that wise counsel. When you pray something like that or say something like that to God, you're becoming a Christian. You, you did become a Christian. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that, and I'm going to pray that some of us might want to even just say that to God. Like, God, I, I've been a fool. I, I want that humble heart. I want that wise counsel. I want your direction, because I've, I've chosen wrong in the past. But then some of us also, as we look at the proverb one last time, Proverbs 12, 15, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to his advice. Some of us just need to be reminded of that personally, of making sure that we are open to wise advice. I'm going to pray that we are doing that in our lives. If you want to pray that with me right now, you can pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for, uh, for, for giving us just a prime example of how we can have some wisdom from you. God, some of us right now are, are saying we want your wisdom. We want your wisdom. We've, we've, we've been fools in the past. So, God, we're just praying, like, God, help us, help us embrace your wisdom. Help us have this humble heart and this wise counsel around us of knowing how we can become wiser and also become these followers of you, of your direction. So help us do that this week. And then, God, some of us, some of us just we want to be reminded that we need to listen to the advice of others around us We need to make sure that we're humble and not thinking we know everything. Give us that direction this week and help us follow through with this proverb. In your name we pray. Amen.